0: what's up friends welcome to a connect raleigh member spotlight it's been a minute since we've done one of these and i'm excited to introduce you to my friend grant how are you sir
1: i'm doing pretty good chuck how are you this morning this afternoon man i appreciate you having me on board i've long week lost track of time already as you can tell so
0: it it might be morning for wherever or whenever someone's listening so morning afternoon evening it don't matter Fair. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on. You've been part of the Connect Raleigh group here for a little bit. You and I have gotten to know each other, I think become friends. We uh, uh, share some commonalities um, and it's been fun to network with you. But I want to know, like, tell the members here a little bit about who you are and where you are from and, and how did you end up here in, in the triangle?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up a military brat. My dad was a career Air Force moved around a lot as a kid. Uh, and um, I ended up somewhat following in his footsteps myself, uh, joining the Navy, uh, went to the Naval Academy and uh, went to flight school out of there. So got to live the dream for a handful of years of, uh, of flying. Uh, I flew P3s out of Jacksonville, Florida and um, was a flight school instructor. And then in my final year, I uh, ran our airfield operations for our Naval base out on the beautiful island of Crete out in Greece. So. Uh, got out in 2017. Uh, I met my wife. We moved up here in Raleigh right at the start of the entire COVID pandemic. and everything shutting down, um, kind of a whirlwind of activity there. Uh, and so we've been here coming up on four years, which is kind of crazy thinking about how time has really flown by. But um, yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been fun. We definitely enjoy enjoy our time
0: here. Um, for those of us that don't know, what what's a P3? Describe that.
1: Yeah. Uh, so P-3 is a large four-engine turboprop aircraft. It's actually it's kind of dark, so you may not be able to see it. I have it right here. Yeah, yeah. I can kind of see sub it. Subhunters, land-based sub hunters. Um, but uh, kind of they're since now extinct. It's been replaced by a newer aircraft. But uh, even though we trained to hunt submarines, we did everything under the sun, uh, proverbially and literally speaking. So search and rescue, um, armed escorts, uh, counter piracy, counter drug operations, Uh, A lot of what we call ISR or intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance type stuff. So uh, we were essentially Uncle Sam's Swiss Army knife of
0: aircraft. So possibly the most important question I ask you, and maybe you've ever been asked in your whole life. I'm going to go out on a limb. If you think about Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, who do you most (laughs) relate to?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Um, Fighter jet guys are definitely a different breed, but don't get me wrong uh top gun is one of my favorite movies of all time and i will say i don't know i might actually have liked top gun 2 over that uh we went and saw it twice in one week it blew my mind uh how awesome that was but uh, if i had to pick a character i guess i would go with uh i always enjoyed sundown i think he was uh i don't think he got as much screen time as he probably deserved and no one really knows what happened to him in the second one but uh yeah, I think Tom was a little bit aggressive, a little too arrogant for for my takes, but uh, <laughs> fantastic film.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and great interview question, right? I'm really good at this. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, when you so when you moved here during you know right in the beginning of kind of the pandemic, moving to a brand new area, what was that like, and how did you go about meeting people and building relationships and connections?
1: Yeah. Well, I would say I kind of had the unique experience of growing up as a military brat and moving every two, three years, oftentimes places where, you know, nobody, uh, you know, the, the big, I guess, cherry on top was when I went to Greece, I literally knew no one, at least before that I was going places where I had a couple buddies that were already there ahead of me or coming shortly after me. Um, so that was the first time I'd really gone anywhere. I didn't know anybody. I didn't speak Greek. Um, but I think my upbringing and childhood really kind of came into play where you kind of naturally have to learn to be a little more extroverted. Uh, I think sometimes I'm a little too extroverted for my wife's taste, but uh, you kind of had to put yourself out there and you had to kind of learn how to find commonalities with people and make friends fairly quickly. So COVID presented, you know, a very unique challenge in the fact that most people we couldn't go out and do a whole lot of things where people didn't feel comfortable going out, which is understandable as well. Um, so really it kind of relied on, you know, my, my gym community, um, the the neighborhood, meeting people out at the pool in the neighborhood and just kind of reaching out and making an effort to, Hey, I, I enjoyed chatting with you for the five minutes here at the farmhouse or whatnot. Um, let's go get a beer sometime, or, you know, let's uh, next time we come out to the pool, I'll give you give you a ring. We can hang out and just just kind of get to know people. Um, it just, it requires a little bit of being, uh, being deliberate in your intentions and your actions. And, and, you know, I think it's played well into my post Navy career in sales and business development. And it really kind of allows you to create some more natural relationships with people that's, Uh, you know, they, they, they they trust you. They know that you have your interest at heart because you know something about them. And, and, and that goes a long way for folks. It it goes beyond being coming just a transactional business. Um, so, you know, I guess as crazy as it was moving every two or three years and not necessarily having a place to call home, uh, I'm thankful that that, uh, has kind of given me the ability to adapt and, and kind of meld with where I'm at and, um, you know, kind of find a
0: new network every time, every time I go someplace new. Yeah. I love that. I can relate on a number of different levels too, about how just the things we're exposed to as kids and how that shapes who we are as adults and uh, for better or for worse, but in this case for better. And so it, you mentioned sales and business development. I'm a huge fan of anybody in those roles. I, I just love it. It's been what I've been doing for you know my whole career mostly. How did, you, how did you get in that line of work transitioning out of the Navy? To
1: be honest, not where I saw myself going at all. If you had asked me what I was going to do when I got out of service, Uh, I would say sales and business development was on the far end of the spectrum. I'd even gone to a couple, uh, military career job fairs. And I was like, I do not want to do sales. I was kind of operations focused because that's what we did in the service. And, um, so I had a few months off between when I first got out and I eventually got hired for my first role at Thermo Fisher. And so I was just coaching CrossFit full time and, uh, I had heard a couple of things from my wife, uh, and girlfriend at the time, and then uh, there was two army guys that were members of the gym that I coach, and they both worked for Johnson and Johnson doing medical device sales. So Tony invited me on, on a ride along, and uh, I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Kind of get an idea of what it is you did. Um, so super eye-opening, very informative. We get back to Jacksonville, and I was like, time out, Tony. Are you telling me that all you do for a job is you just put on fancy clothes and you go have lunch with doctors. He's like, dude, that is all I do. And That's I get it. paid. For it. And so we kind of laughed about it, but you know, people kind of started talking to me about why sales would be a good career path. And it started opening my eyes to like the things I had done at the gym, as far as running the foundations class and getting people to sign up for memberships and all of the things that we did in the service as respective officers, Uh, with, you know, working with people. And at the end of the day, I feel like sales and business development can be broken down as something very simple. All you're doing is you're building relationships with people. Ideally, those relationships are built on mutual respect and trust. um, And it's problem solving. It's creating solutions for people and solving their problems. And when it was put into that perspective to me, put into that light, it made a lot of sense. And I, look, I could look back at all the things I did as an aircraft commander, as an instructor pilot, as an operations officer on the service, and I could find some of the intangibles and the skill sets that they ingrained to us that I, I, I learned and grew into as an officer. And I could see why it translated well. And through my career, I have run into a plethora of other veterans also in sales and business development. And um, I think veterans tend to do very well. They, they kind of bring... Uh, a little bit of an outside perspective, they know what it means to work with people and build those relationships with people. Um, And that's been very helpful, I think, for veterans making that transition
0: to the civilian world. Hmm. How do you make that a priority? Like, I think, um, you know, for anybody listening, that's also in sales or business development, I think sometimes it might be a little scary when they're just getting started out to actually be responsible for, for doing all that. And it might might sound good, or it might sound scary in the beginning. But how do you prioritize building those relationships when it might not lead to something right away?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Connect Raleigh is a solid example. I I wish I had found Connect Raleigh a little bit sooner than I did, but you know, better late than never, right? And you know, networking doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be this aggressive speed dating thing where you go off and you're handing people business cards. And I know that you've, you know, made that known every time we have an event of like, you know, this isn't just something where you come and just pass out business cards to everybody and leave. Um, that just makes things very transactional. And so I go into every interaction with somebody I meet, whether it's at an event, whether it is a meeting that I've actually set up with somebody with the to of just getting to know them straight up. That's my entire goal. Get to know a little bit more about them, get better acquainted If a business transaction comes out of it or leads to one, that's fantastic. But at the end of the day, you really, I feel like it's kind of hard to really do meaningful sales if you don't know the people you're doing business with. And you do have to have patience sometimes people want that instant win and i get it and that gratification can be nice and it can be hard to figure that out especially you know if your leadership is you know kind of down your throat demanding results and you're trying to get them so you do kind of want those quick wins but if you have the patience then it is always worth it in my experience getting to know people building that relationship with them and then what happens is either a they come back to you down the road of like, Hey Chuck, um, you know, I know we've been hanging out for like the last eight months or so. And, uh, I wasn't then, but you know, I'm really in the market to buy a house. I would love for you to guide me through that process. Um, or it is, they send referrals your way, which, you know, which is even easier. So you talk to one person and next thing you know, you may get five or six referrals out of that. So I think the key to it is just being patient, being deliberate, being intentional, and then being patient, and you just kind of have to trust the process. Yeah, it may be a matter of weeks; it could be a matter of months. I've had people come back to me after a couple of years, thinking that they were out of the game, had no interest in what we did, and they're like, "Hey, thought about it. Let's have a conversation." And I 100% believe that that was based solely on the fact that we maintained that relationship over the over those couple of years, and
0: it paid off. I think that's why I like you so much is because we're similar <laughs> in those areas. I think very like minded. Very like minded. It's, yeah. it's it's it's. I don't, this might not, I might not be able to say this very intelligently, but I'm thinking of it. It's like, it's like both and it's both the long-term play and the, I need to make something happen today play. But if you lead with the, I need to make something happen today, people feel that they're often, you know, defensive to that and kind of want to push people away. And so for me in my business, I'm looking at it like, look, I don't need this to happen today. I want to build a long-term relationship with you because not only do I I like you and I want to get to know you better and I respect you and I think that's important and you may or may not, you as in the hypothetical or the what, avatar you, but maybe you as well, like you may or may not ever work with me, but if we, take the, if we do this the right way, you might know three or four or five or a hundred other people that maybe you now feel good about referring to me because I didn't cram my business card down your throat in the very first meeting. Right. Absolutely. I I
1: firmly agree with that. Um. I don't think you you know I I don't know if I could have said it better myself. And you know that that's that's the important part is just being patient. And some people, depending on what industry you work in, they see or hear a salesperson and they kind of cringe a little bit, right? So they're already on the defensive. Um. You know, and and like you said, I I think they can kind of smell the desperation on you if you're like coming in, having that immediate win. So. I said, everyone's approach is different. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to approach it. I know what's worked well for me. Uh, working well for me is going in with that long-term in mind. And sometimes I have that and some quick wins out of it. And if I get those, those are awesome. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a long-term game for sure.
0: When you think about like the teams and the organizations and the companies that, that inspire you, that you want to be a part of, and then you think about your personal leadership style, like where are the where do the where do they link up? Like if you're thinking about the ideal team you want to be part of, and you, then you think about who you are as a leader, kind of where do those two things intersect?
1: Yeah, so you know, exploring career opportunities, which I've been doing for for a little while now, that's kind of something I'm keeping in mind. So I mean, maybe it's fortuitous to ask that question, is you know looking for organizations and companies that have a very well structured leadership plan. You know, it is important, I think, to have a solid idea of how this leadership and team works. And that should always be a two-way street, right? It should go up and it should come down, never in one direction. And that's just something that I hold dear and near from my time in the military. Um, is that it should be a two-way street with communication flowing freely and having an understanding of what your role is on the team uh, as a whole. And you know i i know that i bring a lot to the table with regards to my military experience having uh worked on teams with teams uh training people and really getting the best out of them and, t- and to this day that's why i still continue to coach crossfit you know two three days a week is because i enjoy um seeing people's progression and it's really awesome when you know that you played a hand in that and you kind of watch the progression and grow so for me, you know, looking at future opportunities, organizations that really welcome and have a process slash program in place that kind of helps foster and continue to grow and develop that professionally. Yes, I have a lot of experiences from a leadership standpoint, but that doesn't mean that there's a, there's still a ton I can learn. And I think every person who is a leader should always be learning um, from those that have kind of walked before them and been in those leadership roles as well as your peers. And then, and in even folks that, you know, might be uh, subordinate, I hate to use the word subordinate or under you, but you can still learn from those people as well. And so, you know, I really value and I'm really intrigued and admire those companies that really take that on board and they see the value in continuing to foster that and, and help you grow professionally. Hmm. That's a great
0: answer. I, you know, I, I think that, Well, I know that in this group, you know, we have now over 8,000 people in this Connect Raleigh group, and it is a very uh, supportive group. It's a it's a very, um, you know, a group based on building that relationship and that connection and helping each other out. And so I know somebody's going to be listening to this today, watching us, hearing us that may be thinking, you know what, I need to introduce Grant to so-and-so like that. That would be a connection I want to I want to make. I think they both could benefit from that. how how should they go about that? Someone's listening to this today. They they, they want to introduce you to somebody. They want to connect with you. What's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn, um, as you can see in the group. So probably the easiest way is to just shoot me a connection request on LinkedIn, send me a message. Um, I'm not a person that just leaves messages right in my inbox for days on end. So I will read it. I will respond. Um, And then from there, depending on the conversation, we can exchange phone numbers, email addresses, um, you know, MySpace handles, whatever, seems to be the best for direct messaging. But uh, yeah, LinkedIn connect requests, uh, I'm always looking to to add. And, and, you know, even if it's as simple as, hey, I want to learn a bit more about you, I also want to know how I can be of help. So I like to think I do have a fairly expansive network. I can say a lot of that is thanks to Connect Raleigh. Um, actually I had coffee with Jason this morning I think we meet it quite regularly so it's been awesome awesome network uh, if you're on the fence join without joining I would say to get that leg over the fence and join um, and then for me personally as a veteran Raleigh veteran connect that Pete Marston's put on has been a fantastic networking opportunity as well so um, I just want to know how I can how I can help other folks whether it's connected to people um, you know, find common activities to do together, uh, you know, or, you know, meet up at the next drive shack event or whatever we have going on. So,
0: yeah. All right, man. Well, I love it. I'm super glad that you're part of our group. Um, I appreciate your time today and, uh, folks, if you are listening and you want to reach out, make a connection with Grant. He, he definitely just told you he's open to that. And then, um, get to know each other, utilize the, the relationships we have in this group. Um, because, uh, what is it at rising tide? Right raises all boats that sort of thing that's, let's, all, let's all help let's all help each other out here and make those connections.
1: And old naval outages are there
0: right, come on man i'm trying i got top <laughs> gun and i got the rising tides uh, two for two two um, for two and I'm, on that i'm gonna wrap it up so thanks for being here brother and uh, i'm grateful for our relationship
1: appreciate you chuck talk to you soon man take care